This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. Hi, so I'm here again with Dave, my husband. And um, I always like having little interview sessions via the microphone with him. (laughs) Um, And what I wanted to do, Dave, was to ask you um, some questions about your own journey that um, fit in with five fundamental steps of finding your voice. So value, core values and value in who you are. Openness, intentional action, clearing, and expression. So um, just in a real quick description, um, and if you want to know more about Dave's story, if you don't already know, you can listen to Mechanic to Millionaire, the podcast um, that you began, that Dave began for almost five years ago now. It's crazy. Um, you can hear all the details of his story, but just in general, tell us, what you've learned over the last 12 years, like where you were and where you are, just in a nutshell. Over the last 12, the journey, the personal development journey? Yeah. Wow, it's been amazing. It's gone by very fast, I'll say that for sure. Um, I know life goes by fast when you look back, but it, it seems like this is actually even sped it up because it's been pretty joyful, you know, being committed to um, excellence, not that I'm excellent, but I'm committed to striving to be excellent. So I'm, I'm learning things on a daily basis. Uh, I have meaningful things that I'm uh, trying to facilitate in my life on a daily basis. Um, and those things have changed and evolved. Like, what are those meaningful things? Like, I, I could have said back 15 years ago when my life was miserable as far as my own personal achievements, uh, that I'm focusing on the important stuff, you know, but, um, the meaningful things, but those things have changed, um, as I've grown and developed, which has just given a lot more, uh, joy to life. I'm not going to say that there aren't obstacles and Mm -hmm. confrontations and discontent, but there's way less of those. And when they do, I've learned how to, like Jim Rohn would say, discipline your disappointments, knowing how to respond to those rather than to react. So in that responding, there's a much greater sense of joy and an experience of joy over these last 12 years, even though it's challenging. Yeah, and and you recognize the challenges as kind of being a facilitation of what you want instead of an obstruction from keeping you from what you want, right? Yeah, it's part of the... There was somebody, I can't remember, probably several mentors, that I've, authors that I've read that successful people know what challenges to expect once they set the goal. Like they're, they're, they're knowing those challenges are coming, but the difference is, is that they know and they know how to respond to them. Yeah, changing the way you look at them. Um, <clears throat> so 
would it be fair to say that before, like 12 years ago or 15 years ago, you were at a place maybe where you had lost your voice per se, or where you just weren't connecting to who you knew you were and who you were being weren't connected? I never felt like I lost my voice. I just felt like I was living below my uh, potential. Just not connected to so, your, your potential. Maybe. Yeah, and how to actually bring that out. It's like, you know, I watch a lot of these motocross legends. They're little documentaries that they have on YouTube. And there was some mentors in their lives that I see were so instrumental and essential to bringing out their the championship motocrosser in them. They couldn't have done it on their own. There's no way. Um, and so... Uh, I, I think finding a resource that is going to help us pull that voice out and that we no longer have to live below our potential, but we start actually reaching our goals. And then, like Bob Proctor says, a new one shows up. There's a new vista. Once you think you've reached the ultimate vista, there's a new vista that opens up. And he says going from one magnificent wind to the next. So... The, the life that I was living was far below my potential. The frustration was, well, how do I fix that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just connection. So <clears throat> the way I describe these five fundamental steps is I, I liken them to an archway that leads into um, the kingdom of your all of your possibilities and your, your dream life, your creative potential like actually finding your potential so there's this narrow gateway that we step through and each of the stones of the gateway are one of the letters of the the five steps v value is one of the cornerstones and the other side is e which is the other cornerstone that holds it into place it's the foundation so a value of knowing what your core values are and putting yourself in alignment with them and also knowing who you are and really coming to a full awareness of the value of you as an individual. And then on the other side is expression and actually being that individual, actually living your core values and living as if you are the person that you're discovering that you truly are. So in, in context with that and those two cornerstones, do you feel like as you've gone along your your journey the last 12 years that have you been able to become more founded and more grounded in the value of who you are and actually living that and and your core values as well. Yeah. Instead of putting it off to some future event that would take place that would allow me to experience that. Um, yeah, I would say absolutely. There's been a, that connection that's been made. I used to think that, well, after I die, I'll get to experience that full potential mm. and just rationalize it that way. You actually used to say all the time, I can't wait till I die mm-hmm. for that reason, huh? I felt like there, I didn't, it didn't make sense. It was just the only self-talk that I could come up with because I was limited in my philosophy on, you know, the different principles that govern our lives. So since I was limited on them, I rationalized with things that, didn't really make sense, but when you're clinging on to hope, you've got to find something to keep you going. And so that something was, okay, I'll just do the best I can do, which really I know is far below my potential. 
whatever that is. And then when I die, you know, something magical will happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. It will take all of the, that away and I'll be able to experience life on this level. But it, it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't consistent with the messages and the philosophy that I had in other areas, knowing that the same spirit that possesses my body now will be the same spirit that possesses my body after I die, right? Or not mm-hmm. my body, but well, I'll still be the same person. Um, there were some inconsistencies, but again, you just rationalize those away. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to say you, I rationalize those away. And so. Not because I was a bad person or less than. It's yeah. just that I needed to evolve. So what was it that caused you to get out of the rationalization and do something about it? Um, and to add to that question or as a part of that question, did you have to know 100% who you are completely before you began? Or do you feel like you have discovered more of who you are by actually getting started? Yeah, it's no, I'm one of those that I'm going to start implementing right now, not wait when I learn something, right? So when I started learning the drums, it's like, okay, I'm going to start being the drummer now, even though I just made a bunch of noise um, when I first learned how to, you know, drum. Um, I would say for me and my personal experience, and I would say it probably is universal, was first of all, how I felt. And a huge part of my story was my my well-being physically, my physical wellness. And um, I'm doing scroll number two right now from Ogmandino, the greatest salesman in the world. And he says, when I really love myself, I'll inspect everything that goes into my body, right? And I won't put anything in there that would harm it. So that was a big part of my turnaround was, and it wasn't that I... I knew I was putting bad things in. I just, again, it was, it was these principles. And so I was introduced to that. And then, um, that gave me the energy and the stamina consistently on a daily basis, which is so important. That's the part that I think is universal. And if we backslide on that, or if we break those laws of health, then something's going to happen to us in our ability to be consistent and feel good on a daily basis. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, starting to learn the principles. I knew I had to evolve as I had to evolve in my behavior. And what I think I did mostly, which maybe a lot of people do as well, was the planner was going to save me, right? The the weekly planner. Mm. Every time I got on this, this journey of, okay, I'm just going to do better now. And I'm going to set goals. And I'm going to reach them the planner that had collected dust was now going to be dusted off and I was going to fill in this schedule with uh, things that I felt would produce the success. Waking up early, exercising every day, studying. Um, And although those things are important, they didn't work in the past. But every time I was had this renewedness of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set the new year's resolution you know, even though it might be June. Um, The planner was the big part of it. I mean, you saw that, right? Mm -hmm. You watched that. And Mm -hmm. it's not my personality to be scheduled in a tight schedule. I need freedom and and room to breathe and be spontaneous. And so the schedule only lasts, you know, probably two weeks, three weeks, maybe on on a good run. It might have lasted over a month. Um, 
I think what really facilitated the results changing in my life was learning principles around the mental side, mm-hmm. right? So um, what I hear you saying is that you you knew that you had a value, like that you were valuable, that there was a lot of worth to who you are, and you knew that you had this great potential in almost an abstract way, and you also knew that you weren't living up to that. You weren't actually being who you knew you could be and kind of had rescinded that to someday when I die, I'll be that. Um, and, and you're really good at action. That's one thing I've always known about you and, and watched over and over. The action's not a problem. And that's, you always went to the action. Okay. I'm ready to try again. So I'm going to get my planner and I'm going to do these actions and I'm going to practice the drums like relentlessly until I become this drummer or whatever it is that you're working on. And it sounds like the difference is you, you first became, um, more open to trying, cause you were always healthy growing up. Like you, you knew quote unquote, the laws of health and you knew what was good for you and it wasn't working. And so then there was this openness to maybe trying something a little bit different or, or listening to something that might be new or missing and you were open also to new philosophies and it was hard to get me to be open though yeah it was if hard it to wasn't my to idea open. if it's not my idea or i can't see the rationale behind how that's going to benefit right up front even though it could mm-hmm. so it was hard it's hard to pry me open mm-hmm. right and but do you feel like that was that was the key though yeah to for sure your, to connecting your actions with your knowing of who you are the yeah. connection was being Finally allowing yourself to be open to some new ideas and to trying some new things. Yeah, and I don't know that everybody gets there. I mean, everybody gets there. Just how long does it take for us to get there? T. Harvecker, Mm -hmm. who wrote The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, said, I had tried everything. And that's how I had felt in my life at that point. I had tried everything at that point. I'm praying for God to take my life because I'm just ready to go to that next level. And it's not going to happen here because I've tried everything. So when T. Harvecker was introduced to some of the principles of success, then he said, wow, it sounds really hokey, but my life is a mess and I'd rather be really wealthy and, and then really right and remain unwealthy. Right. So rather than sticking to his way, because he believes that's the way it is and not be open, he said, I'd rather go ahead and do these things that didn't seem to make sense to me. And you know, if that pays off, that will be a huge win for me. Does that make sense? I'd rather be, he said, I'd rather be really rich than really hokey. I'd rather be really hokey and really rich than, than really poor. Really right. And and right. (laughs) Set in his ways. Yeah. So that's how I felt at that point too, in my life is that everything that I had known to do, everything that I tried to do, I did with excellence and it wasn't working. So the things that I was introduced to, I could see how he said they seemed hokey to him. They didn't seem hokey to me, though. I was ready to hear these particular principles explained in a way that they were. And I think everybody's ready when they're ready, right? And when you're ready, the teacher comes along. I felt like I'd been ready for a long time. <laughs> but I had to go through some things that make me made me who I am today. And that's God's wisdom, you know. That's in, the, cracking of you, the cracking you open. You yeah. know, those those things that you went through, I think, were... At least seem like to be the thing that allowed you to be more open. 
Yeah. I could have, could I have shortened the pain in my life? Absolutely. Had I been open to those things and utilized them earlier on and, uh, you know, looking back, would I, do I wish for that? I don't know. Probably. I mean, who wants to go through anything terrible in their life? Right. But it is what it is. It's the reality of it. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been the same though. Wouldn't have had the same, maybe, I mean, we'll never know, Mm -hmm. but the, the profundity of it. And so it's a, Coming to a place of accepting the contrast where you wouldn't are. have been there. The contrast wouldn't have been there by any for means. Me, yeah, that's for a benefit sure. to me. Yeah, for sure. And the, um, you know, you said being at a point where you had tried everything, and and that's where openness comes from. I've tried everything, so now what else is there? You know, you're being. I found it like the the box that I created for my perception of truth and what everything is got so full that it either had to um, disappear or expand and crack open. And I feel like maybe that's where you were. You were at a point where I'm, I'm cracked open or I'm going to just be done. Yeah. And I love how you said the abstract potential because that's really what it was. I mean, you can't really put your finger on something abstract. You just know something about about it. Right. So I love that, that phrase, abstract potential. Um, I didn't know that I didn't know some things Mm -hmm. and it's that, that drive though. You got to have an inner drive to want to be more than you currently are. And unless you have that on a consistent basis, then I think the type of growth that I've had over the last 12 years, it wouldn't be there. There has to be a drive to be more than you currently are and that you'll pay whatever price it takes to get to that point, you know, that evolving, continually evolving. Mm -hmm. So the abstract was becoming more, what's the opposite of abstract? Concrete. Concrete. Yeah, it was becoming more concrete. And I didn't read books in high school. I didn't know where my locker was. I dropped out of high school um, just because I didn't see how it fit. However, the things that I'd learned in sports and the things that I could have learned in, in school would have been a huge benefit to me on top of, you know, what, you know, I I did learn in sports. Um, I'm in no way an advocate of not getting an education. Um, there are so many like sports, it teaches you so many things that now I'm a book reader. I mean, teachers would love to have me in school as long as it's a subject that interests me. And I see how it's going to get me to my next goal. Um, so I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. But it was it became more concrete to me as I became more st- studious. Mm-hmm. So you you began to open your yourself to new ideas because you were surrounding yourself with new mentors that had different ideas than what you had. And your mentors, a lot of them came in the form of books. And yeah. And they were outside authors. the box. A lot of people wouldn't outside have read those books and they still wouldn't because yeah. they would think that it doesn't fit within the box that they think is the right box. Mm-hmm. Your box was full and it was, you were tired of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, we've talked about value. We've talked about, you knew that there was something, but it was abstract. And by doing the work, being open to new work and doing the work you've come to more of a concrete understanding of your value through expression. Yeah. You're expressing yourself more and more all the time. You're becoming that. You were going to say something. Yeah. Just one other thing on that. That was such an instrumental and essential part was the mentors that showed up in my life, not the mm-hmm. authors, but real people mm-hmm. who showed up in my life and, um, 
just I'll, I'll just yeah I'll just leave it at that just that there were people who showed up in my life that were instrumental in me you know making these changes mm-hmm. and so the last um, step that we haven't talked about yet is clearing so the C in voice as you um, started to be more open you started to be more aware of these people in your life well you started to attract them into your life I think you were at a point mm-hmm. where you were so tired of being stuck, you you got to a place where you allowed yourself to be broken. You allowed yourself to look outside of your box, and these people came in to your life who introduced you to new um, experiences in life that we didn't you didn't even know really existed, and to new authors and new ideas. Well, and and the, I, you know, the, that concept of having a philosophy that drives you to want to be more. We were doing. We did a dream workshop together, right? Mm-hmm. In the middle of praying for God to take my life because I'm sick of it. I'm still on this journey of striving for excellence, mm-hmm. and we happened to go to a dream workshop that you had enrolled us in, and that was the beginning of really attracting the right things into my life mm-hmm. that were the catalyst for the huge change. But again, it go, it, again, you have to constantly be driven back to as your core center that drive to be more than you currently are. You can't settle. You can't be okay with mediocrity. Um, you've just got to be driven to know that that's not why you were born and why you were even created. We are created to, you know, all of this potential and uh, possibilities, promises. Yeah, there is this drive, I believe, that everybody has. It's just how far away from it are we? Because... We all have infinite value, infinite potential, and this infinite worth that a lot of us, um, we feel it, and that's a lot of where our frustration comes from. And so we either turn it off because I don't want to be frustrated by knowing that I'm not being who I am, or um, a frustration of, I know it's there, and I'm trying to find it, and I can't quite get to it. And then finally, um, something shows up when we're ready to see it. And so this dream workshop came into our lives at a place where, at a time that I think was very crucial, and it it began to open you up to these mentors who introduced you to authors. So the openness was there, and it's been Mm -hmm. a big part of it the whole time. So you were able to take what you were already good at, which was action, and and this certain um, self-confidence that not everybody has that you were blessed with, um, and then use those to start to I be I would say that. that came because of sports. <clears throat> because of and And because actions. of the action and wanted to be excellent, I did great in sports. And so I got a lot of compliments. I think that gave me the confidence where other people are going to have the schemas that would be the exact opposite, right? Mm-hmm. That action, yeah, that you were able to prove to yourself that you could do things. Yeah, so people need to recognize that what's my strengths and what are my weaknesses? If my, if my strengths, if my weaknesses are that I don't have confidence in myself, then that's what you focus on before you Mm -hmm. focus on anything else Mm -hmm. and overcome that obstacle and make it a strength. And that's where I would just totally immerse myself into that thing. And, And so as I started learning these other principles, I immersed myself into the thing that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that I could now become that because I knew it was an important part of the process of me getting to where I wanted to be. So I think it's important that people recognize that and then don't and then don't just accept that. Well, OK, I'm a person that doesn't have confidence in myself. Your number one priority is to figure out how do I start to create that confidence in myself? Mm-hmm. And that goes along with um, because facing that thing that, you know, you're not is another way of saying facing fear, which is like the the 
crux to what I do, like facing that fear of, oh my goodness, I can't do this. Well, then I'm going to do it. That's why I love what you're doing because it is doing that thing that I wouldn't say came naturally to me. Nobody's born with those things. They're they're developed over your lifetime. And sports were one of those things that helped me develop that. However, I, I... I know it's such an essential part. And so for you to be playing that role as a mentor for that in people's lives is such a huge benefit and a blessing to people. Hmm. I'm so excited to just, I've already heard some of the stories and just that I know the stories and it's just getting started. Yeah, it's fun. Um, And, and as we're doing all of that, so by doing that action piece by facing the fear, by looking at what we're not and why we're not that, and then doing things that will help us come closer to, to that thing that we don't think we are, we find more value in ourselves and that allows us to express it more. And then clearing though, what, what can you say about clearing? So for me, clearing is not just clearing, um, our physical space, which I think is very, uh, an essential part. I think we surround ourselves with clutter. The more cluttered we are in our mind, that's a philosophy that I have. Whether or not it's been proven, we'll figure that out. But the clearing happens in the most real sense to me, like clearing out the old beliefs that I couldn't do that or that I can't do that or I can't be that or I'm not that or this is who I am or this is my little box of truth and that's all that's true. It starts to clear out almost naturally, don't you think, as you start to step into action and step into belief in who you are and being more open but is there something um, um, intentional that you need to do in the clearing process to actually clear those out or before they come back? Or what have you found? Yeah, I, there's a lot. That, wow, that's, there's a lot there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I don't know that people would be surprised, um, but I don't really hold it out and talk about it. I do, but in a principle-based way. But... Really, the atonement has so much to do with me clearing. It gives me permission to let the dead bury the dead, meaning those old things that don't serve me, let them die off and don't keep resurrecting them. I have permission to literally be, no, I didn't do that because I literally am able to exercise through that atonement, that forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a huge part, like forgive and move on. And sometimes I think people think that we mean that when somebody trespasses against us, but we trespass against ourselves more than anybody does consistently against us. So learning how to let go of those trespasses and, and, and having faith in the atonement is a true power. I mean, right above my office, it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthen which strengtheneth me. So that's a real thing. And in a real power in our lives that allows us to exercise this clearing. Now, though, I, I, I can say that, but what are my actions going to be? And that's where that drive to becomes more excellent than I currently am. And so I've got to stop doing the behaviors and the thinking that doesn't serve me. You know, so once I learn something is, is a better way, I'm going to be consistently it's tenacious, the right word, until that thing has been forgotten and it's no longer a part of me. And, and, and so that's easier said than done. However, there's a principle behind it. And, and I believe, you know, the teachings of the Bible are, that's exactly what the goal of the teachings of the Bible are, is to um, become anew. 
and you can't bring the old along with you. So it doesn't serve me anyways. I mean, if we were just to do it as a mathematical calculation, why would I keep putting in the wrong numerical value when I know what the right one is? I would purposely be putting, you know, two plus three equals four. And I keep putting the three. I want the answer four, but I keep putting the three. That would like be bringing up the old things that I haven't cleared out that need to be cleared out because they're they're causing my confidence to go down. They're causing me to waver in my ability. They're causing me to waver in knowing that God has an ability to make miracles in my life. But because I keep pulling up this thing, he's not going to be able to do them because there's this thing in my life. No, he's totally forgot about them. So why don't I? And there's a principle behind that. It doesn't serve us. If you just look at it from a, a, uh, a rational or common sense type of way, you could see how those things don't move you forward but hold you back. And so you just have to let them go. And sometimes people will want to remind you, well, I don't hang around the people I used to hang around with because I don't want to be reminded Right. So if there's somebody that's not going to serve me in me becoming my best, then, you know, I don't hate anybody, but I'm not going to put myself in an environment that's going to continue to hold me back. That's part of the clearing as well mm-hmm. is 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 <laughs> sure. and it's super easy because I love being around you the most. So I don't have to hang out with other people. But I know like in high school for high school kids or for people who have their friends that they just constantly hang out with. Do those friends really serve you? And you know, for me, it's easy to choose the people I get to be around. Um, I get to choose that, you know, with that freedom that we have with our lifestyle. Um, but I would say those are important and essential parts of that clearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully that made sense. I know I, I probably threw out about three things there, you know, the atonement, people you hang around, and then your own clearing. Don't keep bringing things up. Mm-hmm. Um, just common sense would tell me not to do that. Yeah, and I, I like to visualize that um because our past is our past and we can't change it but we can either choose to leave it as quicksand and be stuck in it or we can solidify it with whatever you put in cement to make it get hard and use it as a foundation to stand on and it isn't a part of yeah of who we are being anymore and it's become part of like our of our strength and our our foundation well, um, and, and some people will hang on to the music they used to listen to back when they developed mm-hmm. these things that like, oh, they want to clear that. out, right? Yeah. yeah. The movies they used to watch, and they'll watch them again and again. Not me. I'm done with those. They're gone. They're not a part of me. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, they never were a part of me. I mean, that's just Will Smith says to be, uh, to be as successful as I've been, you have to be delusional. Yeah. So, well, you start to realize that they never were a part of you. You allowed yourself to be... Yeah. A part allowed them to be a part of your world for a little bit, but then you realize, oh, that's not me, and you put it off, and you don't have to cling to it anymore. Yeah, and another important part, exactly, another important part of the clearing is creating a new identity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll just keep filling in that vacuum with something that's... Which is, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I love that you brought that up because that's what I wanted to, to say in um, wrapping it up, too, is how they all, all of these steps are inner intermingled they can't be separated so as we're clearing we're we're creating a new identity which is strengthening our value and by strengthening our value we're clearing and you know by changing our identity we're clearing out our old identity they they work together and that happens through openness and through intentional action intentional action means i'm going to choose what i'm going to do instead of being stuck in the rat race 
you know, and just doing things that other people tell me to do or that I think I have to do because that's what everyone else does, that kind of a thing. And all of that starts to bring this confidence that allows us to be that identity, which being the identity solidifies the identity, right? If I'm, if I know who I am, but I'm not being that there's just all kinds of confusion and frustration, which leads to depression and anxiety and all kinds of frustration in life. Right. And it all happens through clearing out the old and bringing in the new, accepting the new. So they all work together. Yeah. I was just thinking if you can't clear, uh, if you can't clear the old out, you can't embrace the new identity because they're inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you were just saying, you're confused. Like which one am I? Yeah. That's why you have to f- let the dead bury the dead in the Bible. There's the, if, if you're going to pick up the plow, the person who looks back while they're plowing isn't fit for the kingdom. The kingdom is within all the power is within us. However, if you keep looking back and holding up those old things that you should have cleared out long ago, then you're, you're not fit. You're mentally not fit to have that new identity because you keep pulling up the old. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it's temperament or some of these things you talk about that causes a person to pull up the old from the past and, and why, you know, to me, it's just, it's easy to let go of the past. That's totally temperament. And there's nothing wrong with, there are two temperaments that, that live in the past and that's, There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a beautiful part of that person. Every single temperament has qualities and then we choose to, to be weak in those qualities or strong in those qualities. And weakness just means that I haven't developed the strength yet. So by living in the past for me brings out my gift of connection and being able to connect things to that other people can't see, like just to create this big picture and to, ideas are all connected. You know, that's part of who I am and the past. I need the past to be able to do that. Um, and for you, your temperament lives in the future. And so the past really is never really a part of you. It's like, it's done. It's over there. I have no use for that anymore, but there's, you know, other temperaments that the temperament that is, um, motivated by perfection and improving things needs the past to be able to look at that. What, what's missing from that and how do I make it better? So that, if the it was all the really one important. way, life would not be as dynamic. As right. It is. We'd all be the same puzzle yeah. piece and it'd be really boring. The puzzle would yeah. not be fun to put together. It wouldn't be fun to look at and it would have no purpose. Right. So, so the lower side of that temperament, if you're having a hard time letting go is that it'll paralyze you. If you're looking back at the wrong things and reliving them. Right. If yeah, you're well, looking it's at just the not, schemas. Yeah. Not understanding things. it. And so allowing it to yeah. be stuck like quicksand instead of cement. So yeah, it's all, it's all amazing. It's Which all is the same for everybody that way. Yeah, you know, sure. I get paralyzed. But I'm not going to say I don't get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It's that I'll work until I completely can release that paralyzation, though. And now the new identity is my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the way we yeah. approach it, the way we do things, that's where the temperament comes in, which is really fun to talk about. And we'll have another conversation about that and another one. But um, it's uh, it's fun for me to see how these same five steps um, show up in in every mentor that I listen to, they don't use the same words and they, you know, go about it different, but the same five philosophies are there, um, in all of the journey. So it's fun for me to be able to take the philosophy and then to create them into something that makes sense to me and to be able to share them and, and define them in, you know, similarities everywhere. Cause again, it's all about the, 
the core principles, the core philosophies, foundation that are truth and truth is truth. And it change comes from being aware of who we are, being open to accepting that and to, to new ideas and to new experiences, being willing to step into fear, being willing to get into action, to face the old self and, and kick it out and replace it with the new self and then just be that that's really over and over and over again those are the steps that I hear in in everyone's journey that I talked to so far and that's why I wanted to be able to pick your brain a little bit about that and to show again that we're all very much the same and because we're so much the same that allows us to be free to also be very unique and individualized and that's what's exciting to me so do you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, just one last thing that I <clears throat> thought of earlier <clears throat> as you were talking. Knowing that this life is not all there is, is a huge, plays a huge role in my life. It's a fresh concept that's always with me every day that we're working towards something even greater. Mm-hmm. And to give up on that working towards being something greater would be the ultimate suicide. It just doesn't make sense. And I think everybody feels that on one level or another, they might've suppressed it, but I just want people to know that I absolutely know that, um, we're eternal in nature and that we will continue to be identified as who we are. And, um, you know, there's just some things that we can do to invest our time in and put our energy and our focus and our concentration in that will serve us long term, not just now and today or this weekend or next year or five years from now, but forever. What are those things? And all of those things would be that abstract potential and learning more about it because it's worth it. Yeah. Bringing it to concrete. Huh? Thank you very much. Did I ask you last time? Um, Cause I asked, I like to ask people, what good news you have in your corner of the world? Just because I believe there's more good than, than bad in life. Yeah, that we're all becoming. There's like, and and we see that in, in even in one of the authors that I'm reading right now, um, there's this potential that is coming out. Like the world's becoming, it's not going to hell in a handbasket. And what I see is that there's more light more integrity, like people are being called out on their integrity like never before because that's an evolving process. It used to be like success was, you know, at any cost. But now you see people being called out Mm -hmm. on that because of their lack of integrity. And so we're seeing a shift in, in the world, in the paradigm of the world that's leading to greater light and love and, and personal responsibility and integrity Um, and I see it, I see it pretty clearly. I don't know, understand how it's all going to manifest and, and be our reality, but I see it moving in that direction clearly, Mm. very clearly, which is a good thing for everybody. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining me Thanks for having me on. Have you back. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. 
Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. This is the EWN Podcast Network.